Good morning, Firm Foundation Ministries. Good morning, church family. It's good to see you. Come on, let's give God a praise for this morning. Isn't it a beautiful day outside? couple of things. Hey, there are more people coming in, so I want you to make room. Also, uh, upper room worship is, is available, and uh, I want to thank everyone who's been taking advantage of that and, and just having a, a more of an acoustic set uh, of worship and uh, giving a little space here and there. And so consider that in the future uh, on a Sunday morning. If, if that's something you might want to do is make sure that there's room and, and things like that. So that's upstairs in the uh, youth room. And uh, they're just uh, ready to do worship up there and some things that are happening. Hey, there's good stuff. Amen. Everybody say good stuff. All right, I got a couple of things that I want to do before we really get in as everybody's getting settled here. First of all, if you're a visitor with us, we want to welcome you. Let's welcome all our visitors. Come on. And again, as visitors are here, make sure you're making room for them. Ushers will find you some seats uh, and those things. It's great. So uh, there's, there's things. All right. So everybody say men's retreat. Now, uh, Brenda's got some other announcements, but I'm going to just uh, state this out there real quick. Today's the last day for sign up. All the guys say today. Yeah. Now, uh, don't call me tomorrow being that guy. Okay? Don't be that guy. Because uh, as of right now... As of right now, we have 152 guys signed up. Now that's exciting for you all, but let me tell you this. There's two of the churches that always come with us that do an in-house sign-up and don't sign their guys up until Sunday afternoon. Uh, that Brighton Chapel and uh, a couple, another other church, they sign them up. So right now, our anticipation is that by the end of the day, we could have 175 plus signed up for the men's retreat. So let's give God praise for that. Now that always changes a little bit because this week, everybody say this week, you got to pay for it. And here's the deal. Like um, uh, it costs us 166 guys. $166 a guy to do it. We only charge $175. So this thing is a break-even venture. And so uh, this week, guys, you got you got to make your payment this week, those type of things. And so make sure that that gets done. Uh, so by 8 o'clock tonight, I'm going to have the media guys close the sign-ups at 8 o'clock tonight. You will not be able to sign up after that. Uh, and one of the reasons that you can't call me tomorrow being that guy is because we ain't going to have a bed for you. That's just the way it is, right? Like uh, it is that full this year and God is doing something, stirring something in the heart of men and men are responding. Come on, let's give God praise for that, right? So I'm excited. I am really excited uh, about those things. So that's, that's very good, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, let's do uh, our sermon notes winner from last week. Again, uh, the kids that stand for the sermon, their sermon notes over here, uh, they participate in that, turn it back in. Uh, this year, or this week's winner is Ethan Hall. Let's give Ethan a hand. Amen. And Mike and Donna have some major Bible memory things. Come on up here, uh, Mike and Donna, for Bible memory. The 
This is always a fun part of uh, working with the kids, the Bible memory kids, is to be able to reward them for their hard work at Bible memory, memorizing verses. And so we're going to start with Emery Banta. She has just started memorizing with us, and she's learned 19 verses already. So she gets a gift card to McDonald's. Good job, Emery. Jonathan Tompkins has memorized 50 verses, so he gets a blanket. And it's an FFM blanket. Show them the, it's an FFM blanket. So if you see these kids wrapped up in that, they got it from, they earned it. Uh, Casey Eckert has memorized 127 verses. So come on up, Casey. He gets a $25 gift card to Walmart. Good job, Casey. And then we got Liam Birch, who is a shy little guy. So we'll see if he's going to come up. He gets, okay, good. And so he gets a backpack. He memorized 150 verses. So he gets an FFM backpack. So he's one of our quieter little guys, but he works really hard. And we just love seeing these guys, these kids. And the confidence he has had to do this is amazing, you guys, because he doesn't like this. So Avery Kleinsmith, I'm not sure if he's here this morning. I haven't seen him. But he has memorized 173 verses, and so he gets a pizza party with him and three of his friends. So we will get that to him later then. Vivian Stutzman has memorized 400 verses, and she gets $100. So Vivian, there she is. Looks like she's buying lunch for the family today, huh, Vivian? <laughs> if her dad has his way. And Caroline Tyndall. I haven't seen Caroline this morning either. Ah, there's Caroline. There she is. She's coming. She's on 400 verses too, and she has memorized and gets $100. So these kids work really hard. We're really proud of them. Amen. Bible Memory is a great program. Our kids are responding. Come on, let's give Mike and Donna and their whole team a hand for that. If you're looking for some place to sow some seeds Sunday afternoon uh, in Bible memory, I'm sure they could appreciate your help, and, and it would just go along. It's just a, a you know an hour and a half or something like that. It's so much fun, and you see how the kids are responding to it. It's so good. Speaking of the kids, uh, here's one of the things that's mine and my wife's heart, uh, and it's it's something that we have had to talk about over the years because I know that other churches have different practices, but mine and my wife's heart's always been that we love the kids in worship service with us. And I know that sometimes that can be a little distracting because kids cry and those type of things. And I've always said that crying kids don't make, they don't bother me. Now there's a time to take a child out and say, hey, how are you doing and how can I bless you and that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, hello somebody. Uh, John Chris, we went to see him the other night. He has a different opinion, but about not a different opinion, but a stronger opinion. Uh, uh, anyway, um, here's the deal. I love to see our kids participate in worship. I don't know about you, but I love it. And they are bold enough and brave enough to do that because they see us do it. And they pray for each other at the altar. You see them responding to God and those things. And we have provided a space over here for the younger kids to have some freedom in worship. Since the church is growing, hello somebody, let's give God praise for that. And space during worship is very uh, limited. When the children leave for a children's church, we get a little more space in those things. This center aisle, uh, 
our usher team and our security guys, they want to make sure in case there's an emergency that the center aisle is not clogged up and kids aren't in the way. So if your children are going to participate in worship, which I want them to do, let's move them over here and, and those things and not in the center aisle. Does that make sense? Uh, because if an emergency happens in our usher team and our security team, who's all trained to respond, we have first responders, all those things to respond to emergencies. We don't want a child in the way or a child to get hurt in the process. So let's move them out of the center aisle and over here. If your children are being released by you to do that, make sure they understand. Come right on over and uh, someone's going to be here for them. So I just want to uh, put that out there so that we allow them to continue to participate but keep them out of any trouble if it happens. Amen? Those are things that uh, we're just trying to respond to. It's so good, right? Did you have a good week? Come on, stand with me in the house. It is so good. I don't know, maybe some of you aren't aware, but uh, Eddie and Ann and the worship team, uh, they've done a super job over the last few weeks of splitting up the worship team and providing an overflow area, which is much different kind of worship than downstairs. It's a more intimate type kind of thing, maybe not quite as loud. Uh, and, and that's, uh, uh, I appreciate each and every one who have taken the time to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up there and give this a try and make some space in the main auditorium. Uh, the media team is, is getting the sermon right in on time. I don't know how they do all that, but they do it. But I, I just want to thank you as a church for responding to the call to make room for each other. Hello, somebody. That's what we do. We make room for one another. And that allows us all to, to, to come together at a time and minister to one another pray, seek God, and worship together. This morning, in the house, we, we have a test. Where's, where's Kelsey? Kelsey, come on up. There she comes. And over the last few weeks, right, like we've been so, come on up here. So we've been so blessed to have David Campbell sharing with us and, and responding and, and just moving in a very apostolic way. And, and again, as, as the senior pastor of the church here, I'm so thankful for a spiritual father who sits among us, one who can come and encourage us and feed us and establish and lay foundations in our life. This morning, they're down at Toby's and Aaron Schwartz's church and um, uh, just doing the same thing, just doing what they do, amen? And uh, we're praying for them. But each week over the last four weeks, there have been healings in the house. Even last night at our, at our ministry night, there was a healing in the house. Come on, let's give God praise for that. And that all started with an apostolic gift standing among us and saying, I feel that God it's given healing to this house, and you need to respond to it. And so this morning, I, I just wanted to share a little bit more. As we get ready just to worship God, and, and I think the first song is Break Every Chain. Because God wants to break chains in our lives. And, I, and I, want, I want Kelsey just to share for a minute about the God of the impossible. Okay, so I wrote it down so that I would get on track or keep myself. Anyway, so a couple weeks ago, there was prayer done here at the altar, praying for healing. Blake wanted to go up there, so I held his hands and we walked up there. Elaine Campbell prayed for Blake for strength in his legs and body. Whew. During that prayer, Blake kept looking at his legs and touching them. Then a few weeks ago, I heard God very, very clearly say to me, Blake is going to walk on his fifth birthday. 
I immediately tucked that into my heart and I held it so tightly. If I'm being honest, thoughts of doubt came into my mind because Blake was still so dependent on his crutches and would only stand about 10 to 15 seconds. But I rebuked those thoughts and continued to believe in the promise. I continued to go through our days like normal and would continue to pray for strength in my son's legs and body so he could walk. Yesterday he turned five and some family and my husband, myself and Blake went to Portage to celebrate him. We went back to my parents' house and hung out blew up a ton of balloons, which Blake loves. I kept that thought in my heart and mind still that he would walk. My sister Kendra was holding him and told him to stand and he was standing so good. So she said, take a step, Blake. He did. He took what looked like a tiny step, but in our eyes, it was huge. A few minutes go by and he keeps trying, doesn't give up. My sister Kendra, Kimmy, Kylie, along with my aunt Laura, were all encouraging him to take another step. Then he did, he took a full step. I screamed for joy, tears came running down my face. I couldn't hold it in. In my eyes he walked and that's what God told me, but God had other plans. My son took more and more steps and walked a few feet on his own with no assistance. I haven't cried like that in a long time. I have prayed for a long time for my son to walk and God had it in his plans. And just like that, my son walked on his fifth birthday. Last Monday night, the eldership team was together and we were praying and we were, we were just in prayer wrestling over some things. And I, don't, I, don't, I want you to understand when our eldership team gets together, we spend time in prayer. We, we pray for one another. We pray for the church. We pray, we wrestle over things together before the Lord. And after we got done praying, Mike Munson looked at all of us elders and he says, guys, I just feel like God's got a different idea. God's got a different idea. God's got a different plan. God's got a, he, you know, what we see that says no, God's got a different idea. Come on, somebody. Those doctors have told Kelsey and Anthony from the beginning, he will, Blake will never walk, right? But let me tell you something, church. God's got a different idea. God's got a different idea. This house should be a house that celebrates the ideas of God, what God is doing. And so in this place, you want you to just worship the Lord today in freedom and in spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord. God, that we don't walk by, we don't walk by sight, God. We don't walk by, by the flesh, God. We don't walk by what the things of this world say, God. We walk by faith and not by sight this morning in this place, God. And Father, there are chains, Lord, that have been laid on your people, God. But you're a chain breaker because you've got a different idea. You never intended for your people to live in bondage, to live in slavery, God. you got a different idea that your people would be free, that they would be people of anointing and people of prosperity, God. That there be people of victory, Lord. And so this morning, God, we just want to say, take our worship, Lord, in this house and break every chain. And everybody said, There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on. There is power in the name of Jesus. 
Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. There's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout it out. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. 
Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. There was a, uh, there were a few prophetic encouragements last night. One was, we are a sowing church, not just a harvesting church. We are a sowing church. God is giving us a harvest right now. So we have a choice. Do we build bigger barns to store it up for ourselves? Or do we sow it? And I'm encouraging you to sow what God is giving you. What the Spirit is pouring out, young people, what the Spirit is pouring out into you, give it to your friends. Sow it into your friends' lives. The other word was As we're receiving the Spirit, it's like a container of water. And if, a, if, a, if water that's hot, if it stays in the container too long, what happens to it? It goes to room temperature. If cold water stays in a pot too long, it warms up to room temperature. It's no good anymore. It's that lukewarmness. So if we hold on to what the Spirit is giving us for too long, it loses its effectiveness. So I'm encouraging you to pour out, to give what God is giving you. And we're going to do a new song. It's called, I Speak Victory. I hope I make it through. <laughs> and if you're holding on to a promise of a prodigal son, of a family member that needs healing or even yourself we're going to speak we're going to sing prophetically over you this morning and if you're one of those that's holding on to this promise and you haven't seen the victory yet, just, during this song I just want you to raise your hands or come down to the front but if you don't come down I want you to at least raise your hand as a sign so yes I acknowledge I need victory humbling myself. I speak victory over every life, over every family. I speak victory over every situation, over every nation. Every enemy is conquered. Every stronghold is brought down. I speak victory. I speak victory. We're bringing home every son and daughter. Rulers of darkness have to bow. I speak victory. I speak victory. Victory in the name of Jesus. Victory in the name of Jesus. All right, singers. I speak victory over every life. I speak. I speak. 
So what could I say? What could I do? And offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. 
I'll stand. Make me a vessel, make me offering. 
us a new vessel. The Bible promises that he's not just going to pack up to put in that new wine. He's going to make you a completely new vessel without spot, without, so that that new wine would not destroy, right? So thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. This is a dangerous song, but we're going to sing it anyway. It's called The Refiner. And if the altar's where you meet us, take me there, take me there. What you need is just an offering. It's right here. My life is here. I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner. I want to be consumed. I want to be tried by fire. Purified, taking further you desire. Lord, here's my life. Let's sing it again. I want to be tried by fire. 
Come on.
Take whatever you desire. Lord, here's mine. Yes. Lord, your way, Father. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know we've said that we've been excited for Atbury. And I'll tell you what, this has been going on for more than two years in this house. Started with, I'm so thankful for COVID. God, <laughs> and we've been experiencing this week after week. We're grateful for our leaders that have created this atmosphere for us to experience freedom. Just don't take it for granted. In Jesus' name. House of Miracles. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon, where we proclaim our name. This is a house of
Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a miracle, and we bring everything to the feet of everything in the name of Jesus. This is a miracle. We say, come alive in the name of Jesus. Jesus. It's all about you, just the voice of Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart word, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you. It's all about you. Oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. And it's all about you. It's all about you. Thank you, Lord, for demonstrating God. What can happen, Lord, when we put you in the right place? We exalt you, Lord. We worship you. Your presence and your name among us, God. And this is your kingdom. So this morning, Lord, and the hand. We give you the battle we've only won for us. God, it's not about the thing accomplished. Who we are, it's about who you are. So in this place, God, we receive you. And we exalt you. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said? I'll give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Dismissed. Uh, the kids be dismissed. We'll let you get settled. Thank you, brother. As you're getting settled in, turn with me in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. I want you to pay attention to uh, of FF. Kids are getting settled out. So here we go. Good morning, church family. Welcome to First Ministries. Before we continue with today's service, let's get right to this week's segment of FFM News. For our first announcement, tonight we will be having Sunday night activities starting at 5.30. This will include the high school youth group, Bible Memory, and Financial Peace University. We'll see you tonight. This Monday, February 27th, we will be having Woman to Woman upstairs in the youth room at 30. 
For those of you who don't know, we have a free event happening this upcoming Tuesday, February 8th at CM called All About Heaven. We hope to see you here. The Around the World will be meeting this upcoming Friday, March 3rd at 6 p.m. If you would like to know the address, you can contact Kevin Gasho. The Moms, Mothers on a Minute Live group will be meeting this upcoming Saturday, March 4th at 6 p.m. People have been asking and we are excited to announce Baptism Sunday is coming up. Mark your calendars for Sunday, March 19th. We'll be having baptisms. So if you would like to get baptized, please contact myself or Doug Schwartz and we will get you all the information you need. It is not too late to sign up for the men's retreat. If you would like to go to the men's retreat this year, which is happening March 16th to the 18th, you can sign up today because today is the deadline. This next announcement is for all of our visitors. If this is your first time here at FFM, we'd like to welcome you. Thank you so much for coming and worshiping with us. But also, we would like to get to know you more, a visitor center just for you. Out in the foyer near the ladies' restroom, you can go by FFM Connect, and there will be people there ready to give you information you need to know about FFM and also ways you can get involved here at FFM. Go ahead and check it out after service. And for our last announcement, Volunteer of the Week. This week's Volunteer of the Week is Lynette Carpenter. Why don't you guys go ahead and give Lynette a hand? For those of you who don't know, Lynette does many things here at FFM. She's one of our youth leaders, but also she comes earth. And also, this past couple of months, she's been stepping up to help take care of Edge Bible College, making sure everything is running well, some yard work. You can contact Pastor Rod or Ann Renee, and they can get you plugged in as soon as possible. Well, church family, that's all we have this week's segment of FFM News. Thanks for watching and enjoy the rest of the service. Those are things that are going on. Uh, again, as we're getting ready for, I'll give you one last testimony to the effectiveness of that. Uh, and here we, I, I believe it's Joe Mitchell who's going to share. In this conference testimony. One thing that I found at the men's conference is you're engaging these men on a more vulnerable level. The conference... Joe does that often. He just kind of stares off into heaven. <laughs> All right. Amen. That's what we do. Amen. Again, Joe has an testimony of overcoming the addiction to pornography and literally uh, uh, doing what the Bible says. Uh, if, you, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, Joe's got both hands. The man, he decided that the access to pornography in his life was his smartphone. And Joe went so radical as to get rid of a smartphone and go back to a So he couldn't have access to. And, um, and he, he did that. Actually, he shared that. Notice. The next year, Joe still had that flip phone in his pocket. Come on. Hello, somebody. So I was doing some miracles and some amazing things. And what a testimony was. It, it's so good. Uh, and so, guys, 8 o'clock tonight's the day. Cut it off this year. You can't. can't. <laughs> uh, and uh, a lot to do as far as figuring out how to bunk guys together. Those type of things. Uh, it's going to be an amazing week. I do want to say this about Tuesday night. Now, this coming Tuesday night, my wife and I, uh, David, from the UK, a, bit, a prophetic guy who's very strong in our life early on in, at firm uh, and some other areas, uh, he's here, uh, on assault all about heaven. We're going to do it in two parts. We're going to have one 45-minute section and another 45-minute section. I open at 6. The event's going to be 6.30. Now, we've got a Facebook event. If you're coming, if you can just go on there, it'll give us a little idea about how many people are coming because we're going to have some ushers and some greeters and some table workers. And Any questions as a believer or just as a person? 
person about heaven. I promise you this is a night that you can invest in your own uh, knowledge and learning about some things that maybe you have questions about. David and Jesus, amazing job uh, just through this with their son. And so I hope they plan to be here. Amen. Uh, and so doors open at 6. It starts at 6.30 Tuesday night. Uh, David and Jill all of that. Amen. All right. Now chapter 13. You ready? Are you ready? Somebody. Are you ready? Okay. okay yeah. one, one, uh, Doug's there. Doug, Doug Alton's finally there. Let's read a familiar portion of Scripture. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the... And they came... I, I want to tell you this. My wife's... Mom died when my wife was 13 in a horrible accident. And that was in the midst of issues where her dad was living in Japan because of the military and her states and some family dysfunction. And uh, at, at 12, 13 years old, my, my wife had challenged her mom a little bit, the lifestyle that her mom was living, why, while her dad's away. In that statement, Lisa's mom looked at her, and this is Lisa's words, I can say it, it's no shock, but Lisa's mom, who's from Thailand, those type of things, she, she says to Lisa, I, I never loved your dad. I only married your dad to get you out of Thailand so you wouldn't wind up in prostitution. Shortly there uh, after that, at 13 years old, mom dies in a car accident. And her and her brother are in a home for a little bit until her dad can get back from Japan, and uh, they wind up moving to South Carolina. I'll let you listen to the details. But that started a spiral for Lisa that led her down a path, obviously without the Lord, a young lady with mom, a dad who's doing his best to help the family survive. That was not good. One night at 15 years old, You have the story. At 15 years old, she was held at gun by three men and brutally and savaged. And Lisa's own words out of morning, good night. Lisa had to go through a court trial and all those things. A young lady where uh, those three men were put on trial and uh, things happened and they, they went to prison for what had happened. You have to listen to this testimony. What I love about my wife's heart in sharing her testimony today was she said to the ladies, of, no matter where you're at, what you've been through, or what has happened to you, you cannot her. If you have testimony, I have it. I'll be ready to give it to you. We're not going to post it public because not every ear is here to be a good steward. This is, some people had made fun, and uh, they, they didn't happen, and I had some disappointment. And so I had to make a trip to Florida real quick, uh, just to, because I'm not, you know, he was disappointed, I'm going to fix that. And so I went down to Florida, I had an opportunity to see my dad real quick, and, uh, 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 and it was just a down and back trip. Down there, we stayed half a day, 14 hours, enough time, we had enough time to do that. Oh. Her phone pops up, and you know, like we do, you get scam calls and those type of things. And this phone call was from Charleston, South Carolina. Now, phone calls, 
city is where Lisa's from, her family's from, those type of things, and it just kind of catches your mind. And so she didn't answer it because, you know, hey, I don't know this number. It's from Charleston, South Carolina. You know, it's, it's a scam. But it left a voicemail on her phone. And so we're driving south on uh, 65, and she's like, well, should I, should I listen to it? I said, should I listen to it? And on the other end of this phone call, this message, what was this way? This gentleman said his name, and he says, I am uh, the chief detective for the Ninth Circuit Court, Austin, South Carolina. So instant, my wife is like, what, what should I do? Should I come back? Everything's going on. Like, is this a scam? What is happening here? And so I said to her, I said, why don't you just Google his name? And let's find out if he's really. And so she got on there, Googled his name. Boom, right, this guy is the chief detective. His picture, his, everything there. It is legit. He is the chief detective for the Ninth Circuit Court of Austin, South Carolina. And he wants, now if you've heard my testimony, you understand that while I was out and about as a young lady, she stole a car once. Testimony. Like, what is this all? Should I call him back? Should I call him back? Should I call him? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just like, you know what? Here's what happened. Found that car you stole in a junkyard. <laughs> and there is a dead body in the truck. And he has found you. And she was like, oh, do you? No. <laughs> So we talk for a little bit, but it's quiet too because it's like, what's going on? Is this something to dad who passed away some eight, nine years ago? Uh, those type of things with his estate. Is it, do you have a family? We have, she has family members. And what could this be possibly be about? He calls her back. And he says, I need to make sure that this is all to you. And I don't want to be the person who brings up things that could ever hurt you. Never met you, job to do. And he says, Miss Smith, were you ever involved in a court case in Charleston, South Carolina in 19? And my wife, I could see her face. She could, very colorful woman. I've ever seen my wife as a white girl. <laughs> and instantly, my also. And she says, yes. And he says, can you tell me the tales? She said, I was raped by three men and there was a court case and those three men went to prison. And so somehow this guy, after all these years, found my wife, this detective. Miss Smith, you moved from Charleston to Alabama, Florida. Uh, you wound up getting divorced. You got married in Florida, and now you live in Michigan. Says um, Ram, it was Robertson. Now it's yes. I know that I'm talking to the right Lisa. Then and says to Lisa, he says, I, I hate to have this conversation with you, but I have this conversation with you. I know it's been almost 40. Years. You know, you ever think you're done with something? I think you moved beyond it just in a moment in a time after so many years for something to come back and make you doubt what woman raped you that night at gunpoint is petitioning free. And whether he is free after almost four pin 
You don't have to come to court. I am tasked with finding you and asking to court your answer. And my wife says, well, I don't know what to say. I have moved on with my life. And he says, Miss Answer, right now, I, just, I need it by next week, uh, by the end of January, because this court case is going to be where a judge and decision matters because it will determine. I said, can I, can I take the week and think about it? Absolutely. He said that you call me next week or I will call you. The church, let me ask you in your life, have you been by God only to turn to fear? Felt you couldn't do it. Gentlemen, and it was quiet in our car. For I had to say to her, I definitely didn't feel like I needed to be the one to put the pressure on her as far as what will be your answer. And after some time of silence, Lisa looks over at me, says to me, How can I make you? How can I make you? Has this ever happened to you? Let me say, churches, I start serious because I promised you I was going to be real. I'm, I, in, in my heart's posture, I'm like Paul. I've been through. I want to be just as real and human as you because in my heart right there, I am angry for my wife. And a Baptist person. But can I say this? Victim works by of a and some of the most famous people in Scripture deal with it. Gideon, Peter, Moses, Joshua. They were all faced with victimhood. The difference is they overcame by faith. And they moved from victim to victor. And I want to get it. Never ever had to go through anything or, or wrestle. I want to know how did you escape? I want to know how you did that. Because see, there's a full, it's full of people whose lives, testimony that you do not have to remain where you are. Here we are in our text this morning, after 400 years of slavery, Israel's on the verge. They're on the verge of destiny. Their lives, they've lived in the slaves. And during that time, they've heard promise of, of a land, a land that is, is full of prosperity, flow, a land, a vision where they can live their lives without fear of the enemy, secure in the presence. All our lives, we have heard about the goodness and the delivering power of God. But yet we live our lives victims to into the land. Here's his instructions. Into all the hill country, look the land, see what it's like. Are they strong or few or many? Observe the land. Is it pleasant or describe the towns they live? Uh, are they camps or they find walls? Look at the soil. Is it fertile or barren? And try to bring back a sample of the that grows there. It's the season of the first ripe grapes. So the spies have got a command. They've got to go in. Come on, somebody. I, I take some notes, and, 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 and then they got to bring back a sample. they got to bring back a Josco, right? And he, I, sometimes I go in there with my wife. I don't know what he's doing, but I, I am looking to sample people's. Where did you go? I, I, somebody's got a sample of something. Did you bring me back one? Uh, no. Well, I did, but I do. And I...
the instructions that these people are twofold in the sense that, first of all, after 400 years of living as victims, God says, I want you to make a plan. Face it and make a plan. Former slaves, nothing of freedom, nothing of warfare. Moses, on the other hand, had been raised in Pharaoh's house. He was an educated prince of Egypt, 